The information contained in this podcast is an expression of opinion and does not constitute investment advice. This is the Gold Money Podcast with Dominic Frisby, keeping you up to date with expert opinion on precious metals and the markets. Hello and welcome to the Gold Money Podcast, hosted in association with Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. It is February the 6th and I'm talking today to the trader and investor Michael Hampton. He is one of uh, my oldest friends and one of my oldest uh, or one of the uh, original guests on this program when it started way back when. Michael, it's a pleasure to be talking to you again. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm fighting off dinosaurs right now. I've been around in the show so long, but uh, I'm really fine. Thanks. Excellent stuff. Now, uh, I think when we first did an interview, gold was trading at probably less than $600. Um, today, it's trading at about, I don't even know what it's trading at today, about 1665 so a good $1,100 higher. Uh, and I believe, if if the conversation that we had before this show started is correct, that you think it's actually making some kind of a low here. I do. I mean, I've been drawing some channels on the gold price uh, just recently uh, from my daily diary on GEI. And uh, what I find is that gold is now on the bottom of the channel and it's, it's stuck in a very narrow range uh, just on the bottom of that channel. There's always a chance it'll break down below it. But it doesn't seem to want to do that. Every time it uh, sort of falls, it quickly picks up, starts moving higher. And so what we're seeing is a series of higher lows. Um, now, they're not much higher than the previous lows, but you kind of get the feeling that it's coiling up ready for, ready for a big move up. When you, when you say a big move up, do you think like one of its, when it goes on one of its kind of six or nine month runs or, uh, you know, and breaks out to new highs or just maybe a move to $1,800 or something? Well, you know, this channel has been very consistent. It moves from the bottom of the channel to the top of the channel, and the channel itself is moving in an upwards range. This and is a I channel, this a, this is a channel yes. from the lows, is it, from the 2001 lows? Uh, yeah, I think it could go back that far. I mean, the one I usually draw is based on the GLD index, and it doesn't go quite back that far. The reason the GLD index doesn't go that far is because the, the ETF was only started in, what, 2005 or something like that. Maybe it was 2006. Yeah, I think it was 2005, but I'll tell you in a few seconds here as I pull this up. Um, but, uh, yeah, here it is. 2005 is when it starts. And, um, yes, back then, the GLD, which trades at a slight discount, basically you add a zero to the GLD price. The gold price was around 400 at the time, and GLD was 40. And uh, now GLD is uh, 162, and uh, gold is at a zero would be 1620, but you have to add another $50 because uh, of the slippage that's occurred during that period of time. So gold must be right now around 1670. Um, that's about right, and, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it's on the bottom of a channel. And... Uh, a nice way to, to view that channel um, is you can draw two parallel lines, but you can also look at big charts and use a 100-day, sorry, 100-week moving average. And that'll give you a number of the really important lows, and I think all the important lows in the last 12 months or so, um, actually in the last nine months, have come right on that line. 
and we're just above it now. So we failed to break below it. We've been supported by it. Gold's moving sideways, and it looks to me like it's waiting for some sort of news or impetus to move higher. And when it does, I can easily see it shooting up to, uh, you know, 172, um, that's 1770 or so on the gold price. And then we should test the highs after that if we go higher, back up around $1,900 on the gold price. And if we go to the top of the channel, uh, that'll be much higher. I think that'll be around about, uh, well, at least 2,200, maybe 2,500, depending on how long it takes to get there. That would be fantastic um, uh, and very welcome. Now, um, how do you explain gold's recent underperformance versus the stock markets? The stock markets are, of course, closing down on their all-time highs. Well, um, of course, in general, um, both stocks and uh, gold have benefited from money printing. And, uh, in fact, I, I do something on my daily diary, which I call a Bernanke racetrack. Uh, the idea being that both gold and uh, stocks are running forward and there's a race between them. And gold has been outpacing uh, stocks on that racetrack. But just recently, um, the advantage of gold has narrowed quite a bit. And uh, if you look at the SPY uh, versus the uh, GLD, uh, the price is pretty similar. Uh, SPY now is around 152, GLD is 162. So, um, you know, there's a, a pretty narrow difference between them. I don't really see GLD falling below stocks. In fact, I think what's happening now in the last uh, few months is when the gold price goes up, stock gold goes down and vice versa. So they're kind of counter-cyclical to each other, but we're both with an upwards bias. Okay, so um, I think... Probably what's been happening is money's been moving out of gold into stocks. And that's one reason why gold's been suffering a bit. But gold is now cheap enough and well supported. I don't think it'll go much lower. And uh, it'll probably move up when stocks move down and maybe move, uh, move up even, even if stocks move higher from here. Yeah, now the big kind of overwhelming trend of the moment, I suppose, the bit, apart from stock markets testing their all-time highs, is this fall in the yen, which is kind of part of the greater battle that is going on that's been, been named the currency wars. And uh, if there's one thing, you know, fiat currencies can all trade up and down against each other, uh, but they hopefully, I think a lot of gold bugs are hoping anyway, they will all fall against gold. What, what, what do you make of the currency wars at the moment? Well, yeah, I think that's a really important thing to look at. In fact, I think currencies is probably the number one thing to watch during the course of 2013. Um, I think what we're going to see is a series of uh, drops in currencies. The yen is the first one to get hit by this uh, drop, and I think the yen is probably headed to 100. It's 103.5 or 104 right now. It's come down a long way already. Um, and we spotted this trend when, when the yen was quite a lot higher, but uh, I think the yen will drop fairly quickly to about 100. We're nearly there now. And then another currency, possibly the uh, British pound, will stop dropping, and then we'll probably shift elsewhere to the euro or to the U.S. dollar. And what we'll probably see, in my view, is a series of episodes where one currency after another drops. And... Uh, they're going to drop against the uh, package of other currencies, but they're all going to drop against gold. And the funny thing about the currency wars is 
I think you could regard gold as a currency. A lot of us talk about it that way. And if so, gold is the only currency that, you know, people want to see higher. Um, I mean, the people who are responsible for printing it, i.e. The, uh, the, the, the gold mines that uh, mine it, they're effectively printing the currency or adding currency into, into, the, into the system. They want to see gold higher. But the people who print dollars, the people who print yen, the people who print uh, euros and, and uh, pounds, they all would like to see their currencies lower. So I think gold has a big advantage because the people who are responsible for uh, the supply of it actually would like to see it higher. Okay, so let's uh, talk about the people who print it, the gold miners themselves. What do you make of them at the moment? Well, I, I mean, see, obviously they're cheap. Um, and if you go and listen to uh, the usual gurus in the market, people like Jim Turk or Frank Holmes and so forth, um, they're talking about the fact that if you divide the gold stocks by the gold price, that it's very, very low, I think one of the lowest ever. And the dividends of gold stocks are amongst the highest in relation to bond prices they've ever been. I think Frank Holmes said that they're a level they haven't seen since 1946. So uh, if you think gold is going higher, as I do, and gold dividends, gold stock dividends can go up, then this is a wonderful time to pick up some cheap uh, gold stocks. And the juniors, the juniors that pay no dividend but consume capital, uh, mostly well, going on flights and expensive hotels to CEOs <laughs> as they try and raise more money. Well, that's an interesting point, of course. Uh, there was a conference here in Hong Kong about two weeks ago, and uh, we had some worthy people over here like Ian Telfer and... Uh, the head of uh, Dundee, Precious Metals. And uh, they were talking about this phenomenon, and uh, that was a big topic of conversation. And a lot of people aren't very happy with the way that gold miners have been managed. And they feel that uh, salaries have gone up and uh, share uh, option awards have been higher than the performance justifies. And I think we're getting some real pushback on that now, and I think... You know, companies are going to be forced to clean up their act a little bit in terms of corporate governance. So this is actually a good trend that people are talking about, and I think the companies uh, are going to be under a lot of pressure to be managed in a way that's better for shareholders. So I actually take that as a positive sign now because it is being discussed so much. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they've, they've, uh, they've not really given enough uh, attention to the, uh, you know, the... Uh, the needs of the shareholders, and uh, I think that's going to change. I think we'll probably see higher dividends in the near future. We'll see lower spending. We'll see lower bonuses and so forth, and we'll probably eventually see higher gold share prices uh, coming after that. Um, but, you know, the way I look at the miners right now is uh, I actually divide the gold-related market into sort of four sectors, um, one is the producers, of which consists the majors and the, the juniors. And the juniors are actually cheaper now than the majors. The second area is development companies. That is, companies that have found a good deposit and uh, are looking for money to, uh, to develop it or they're looking for someone to buy them. Uh, those, those companies in the second category are very cheap indeed. And, in fact, that's a very good area to look at the moment. And the, the, the last area is the explorers. And I think the explorers have probably done a worse job than, uh, than the miners have. 
because they haven't found much gold in the last few years. They spent quite a lot of money. And they, too, have spent a lot of money on things like airfares and uh, salaries and options and so forth. So I think the Explorers is an area that probably needs some serious um, consolidation. Uh, I think there are probably too many of these companies around. Uh, They're still spending too much money, and they're not showing enough results for it. Well, you don't need to preach that to me. (laughs) Yeah, but I'll say just one thing in the developing area, which is very interesting, is you can find a number of companies now where if you look at the share price of the uh, sort of top company, it's trading at, say, a dollar a share or 10 cents a share or whatever it might be. But if you look at the underlying project they have, it could be one that's already drilled out. And that project might have a value based on, uh, you know, net present value, which could be three times, five times, even 10 times as much as the company's trading for. So, you know, if, if ever the financing comes back or acquisitions start up again, these development companies are very cheap indeed. And the good news is they don't have to spend a lot more money on, uh, on finding an asset. They've already found their deposits. And they're in, you know, they basically need to find financing. So what I think the market's looking for there is they're looking for some creative ways of financing, financing the, the mines. And, you know, we're going to see more of that in the future. But I think that's an area of great opportunity right now. Yeah, well, that makes sense. And, and there, I mean, we're already getting all sorts of kind of debentures and uh, forward gold sales and other sorts of tricks to get things into production um, and uh, yeah, and there's deals being done with companies, Waterton and uh, various other companies, Red Kite. They're all doing, you know, financing mines in unusual ways. Um, so I suppose that's a trend that's starting to happen, and, and let's hope it becomes more, pro- more, more prolific. Well, let me ask you a question. There is a sector which has is, which is outperformed gold, yeah. which, is, which is a gold-related sector. Can you tell me what that is? I can. Royalty companies. Exactly. So the market likes royalty companies right now, and I think we'll be seeing that used uh, a lot more in the near future as a financing technique. Michael Hampton, it's been a pleasure having you on the show again. I realize it must be about three in the morning there or something ridiculous. (laughs) It's it's pretty late, but it's been fun to be on. As we close, why don't you give out your website address? Sure. It's... uh, globaledgeinvestors.com Good stuff. globaledgeinvestors.com Michael Hampton, thank you very much. Bye for now. Subscribe to the Gold Money newsletter at www.goldmoney.com to receive email updates on new articles, videos and iTunes podcasts from our Gold Research section. Gold Research.